Can we get through the whole episode without saying squad goals? Whoops, too late. Hello and welcome to Double Issue. This is the show where I, Quentin Pongratz, and my co-host, Daniel Poole, tell superhero stories set in a world of our own making. And this is one of the world-building episodes where we're going to build out the world a little bit. Recording this intro after because these boys were so excited about building the world that they did not introduce the concept of this at all. This week they're going to talk about Spell Squadron which is a magic-based superhero team that I came up with for the story in Reflections, which is episode three. So if you haven't listened to that, you can listen to this and then dive backwards into that one, or go back and listen to that one and dive into this one. Either way, we build out in kind of a different direction than the story did, but I think it gives a little, a good little bit of history for that whole team. So enjoy. So what do we want to focus on? I guess it'd be good to focus on the new team. Uh, Maybe picking up at if, Reformation? I think if we do the old, we can kind of just focus on... It can be a kind of more Quake-esque. Oh, okay. That way, if, if villains that we create for them or different plot lines can resurface in the new series. Oh, okay, that's true. Like, kind of road mapping that the new series is going to have. Yeah, because the new series is not too old in our however we're measuring kind of present day right (laughs) and it's basically been them getting together and then a couple of storylines that could be whatever and then this current one that they're doing that that our introduction to them is like their third or fourth outing as a team and i really liked how at the end of that story it almost you got the feeling of this is the first time that they really work together yeah the first time they really have some good synergy yeah because i mean in the first one is maybe the first two is kind of getting the team together basically right because there's always that thing of the first arc is getting the team together and then the second arc is like getting the last piece of the team so let's go over the the old characters and i don't even know if this is the first iteration of spell squadron i could see this being a like a legacy of a legacy line yeah but as at the time of Spell Squadron Dissembled, it was Captain Havoc's dad, Captain Havoc Sr., Lady Luck, which is the wife of Captain Havoc, mother of Captain Havoc Jr., Miss Mist, which is now missing. Who uh, Who is now missing? <laughs> the missing Miss Mist. Spectre and Hound, which is... Ghost, ghostman and a dog and is now ghostman and a bird which did i tell you kind of their relationship no well i know they're like connected to each other yeah but he's not like animating the animal he's actually still separate from them right yeah and maybe he can like go in like possess the animal and give it powers or something i don't know but they're two entities right right yeah 
Um, John Morris, Mirror Master, although a bit younger. And Werewolf, the Ultimate Tracker, which was a magical version of Batman's Oracle, or an Oracle. (laughs) Right. It's also a good time to mention that Werewolf is spelled W-H-E-R-E. Yeah. Wolf. And I just love the visual gag for that. But I do like this image of a werewolf you typically associate with kind of the power side of things. And yeah, whereas this one's more... This one's more bookish and researchy side of things. But they're still wolf, like werewolf-like, aren't they? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm imagining it's not even typical werewolf where they change. They're just always in werewolf form. Yeah, I like that. I'm thinking the Lon Chaney werewolf. On the on the full moon, they turn into a human. <laughs> it's just a reverse werewolf. Yeah, and, and a reverse Hulk. Like that one is dumb. <laughs> they on a full moon, they turn into the most useless member of the team. Oh, I did have an idea for a reverse Hulk esque character. I don't know if I ever told you about this, but it's just a really fat guy, and they would like use a helicopter to like drop him into an area, and his power was just to like be a nuclear bomb and after he sets himself off he's like a really skinny tiny guy who's like really weak (laughs) but he's just like a one-time use every couple of years character like he spends time eating and charging up he never he never uh burns off calories only stores them well it's like he can release all his calories at once as an explosion yeah that's cool but uh, I just like the idea of him always being like at the X-Men compound eating, just just cramming down all the time. And he just talks to people that stop by, but he never does anything else important until there's like the giant monster that they need him to like blow up. Oh, so since we're talking about the Spell Squadron being maybe a legacy team, is there an organization that they're attached to or... Like us, was it in Doctor Strange, the Supreme, Wizard Supreme, Sorcerer Supreme? Is there some sort of singular person or authority that they answer to or get missions from? I don't know. I kind of feel like no. Okay. Like they're kind of their thing. Maybe that can be a part of their storyline as they tried that at some point. Like bankrolled by a mysterious guy. So we were talking about the Havocs being a, like a a wealthy, well-to-do family. And they're kind of like each Havoc is a legacy hero of, this, of the family. What if they're just wealthy and that's kind of the um, the background for it? Like that's how they keep independent from the other groups. Yeah, that could be something. Do we want to go through maybe Captain Havoc's senior's background powers? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lady... And uh, Captain Havoc's junior thing. Yeah. What if he has, like, Gambit's powers, but at at a range? So Gambit's powers. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because Gambit's already ranged. Oh, what? Well, I guess with the cards. Yeah. He just throws the explosive stuff. My thought was more like, he could just toss an energy bomb or something like that or what if he he was the he dual wields wands yeah and that's where captain havoc jr got that part from but they're more like magic missiles than the luck based yeah they're like just more 
I guess kind of Gambit-esque, if that's how you want to describe it, but kind of just <laughs> energy blasts, like regular magic spell type blasts. Maybe he's almost more of a Star-Lord, but magic-based instead of technology. Yeah. Because like dual-wielding what is essentially pistols and maybe he has some other flight spells or something like that. I mean, what if we make his wands more kind of gun-esque yeah like he's got spell capsules or something he loads into them oh and can shoot different spells off that'd be cool so sort of a fan or not fantasy star outlaw star so he has the spell capsules or some way to swap out spells i got the idea for the havoc brand because i was cutting bushes down outside my house like a trimming them back Mm -hmm. and one of the bits that i cut off actually looked like a pistol but it just had multiple barrels and i was like man that'd be an awesome spell gun and that was the entire conception for captain havoc's junior originally i mean what if his are guns (laughs) just literal guns and then he, he puts spells into the bullets or something or the one the revolvers yeah because that's easy to load in a single spell you need or whatever. That's true. I like that. And he takes the time at at the base to to take these bullets and just kind of craft a spell into the chamber part or however bullets are delineated in terminology. <laughs> but the I guess the charge or whatever. Yeah. He'd be putting putting a spell inside the casing and load those. Okay. Is he like the man, or not the man in black, but the gunslinger where he can reload really fast and do a whole bunch of fancy gun tricks? Uh, maybe, if the luck allows it. Ooh. <laughs> that just gave me a really good idea for a sequence in some of, one of their comics. Is Captain Havoc, I don't know if he gets surprised or scared or something, but he just like shoots in a random direction. And Lady Luck kind of rolls her eyes and, like, makes it ricochet back to where it needs to go. (laughs) Yeah, I think their powers work well together. Yeah. I also like the idea of beneficial spells and everyone being nervous whenever he (laughs) turns around to shoot. Like, all right, guys, we're falling. I need to I need to put all the bell. I need to put all the bullets for Featherfall in here and shoot each one of you. Hope, Hope I get the right bullets. I need to load up my healing bullets. Yeah. He loads up healing bullets and shoots everybody and maybe like werewolves like no 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 i'm good i'm really i'm fine he's like no no trust me and he shoots him and it's just a regular bullet it's like i am so sorry (laughs) at least it wasn't the silver one (laughs) yeah i like that (laughs) okay so maybe in this iteration of the squad captain havoc is more cowboy-esque looking and then lady luck could also be branded the same way maybe i mean with the idea I had about him being black, he could just be Idris Elba from <laughs> the Gunslinger Dark Tower movie. <laughs> what if this entire time, this has just been an elaborate Dark Tower fan podcast? Yeah. We're just, this is all our fan fiction for the Dark Tower. He's played by Idris Elba, though, in the double issue cinematic universe. So then Lady Luck is a luck control yeah. wizard. And she uses a wand. And so that's yeah. where their their son gets that, is he blends a wand 
with dual wielding and gets two wands. <laughs> I like that. I like the concept of during a fight, she just stands very casually. So like some big muscular bad guy is like running at her to punch her and she just makes him trip or pushes all his force back at him or something. Yeah. Do you think it's just luck control? I mean, I think that's the main part of it. Yeah. Did you think, do you have an idea for something else? I just wonder if she's dabbled in some spells so that she can combine the luck control with spells. And also, is the luck control something she's learned or is it something that's more innate and she's learned to control? I would almost see it like she has a natural talent for magic, but she's just really good at the luck. I'd almost think of it maybe like if she was a D&D class, she would have specialized in the luck and just understands other magic. Yeah, but the, is the luck stuff innate to her? Is it more like less a magic thing and more? Or even if it's uh, a magic thing, sure. has it always been a part of her or has it been something she's had to learn? Because John Morris is kind of, it's kind of innate, but he's also had to learn throughout his life how to use it. Whereas Captain Havoc Sr. is more probably just pure learning. Yeah. It could almost be it was luck that she stumbled into magic. And we don't know if that's her power or like a destiny kind of situation. Yeah. She makes mention in the story we have of it's more generalized without a way to focus her power. Yeah. So maybe her luck has just always been good around her. I could see that. I was kind of thinking through a scene where maybe she drops maybe like a lucky coin or something and it rolls into a bookshop or something like that. Like that kind of over the top scene where you see them like following it. Yeah. And maybe it stops on top of like an old dusty book cover that's been shoved underneath a shelf and it's a spell book. So at some point she learned she had this innate luck and learned to channel it. Yeah. Through spells. Yeah, so maybe early on she didn't have a way to channel it. So it was just really generalized, which made it harmful to everyone. Because either it was good luck for everyone, including the villains, or bad luck, including the, her team. Yeah. But with training and a wand, made it better. What about Miss Mist? So you see her power set, she is made of mist. <laughs> Yeah. So incorporeal. Yeah. Does she have general, like, weather control or mist control? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Like, I imagine she can, like, make rooms kind of foggy or something, kind of along that vein. But I don't know about complete weather. Yeah. Definitely the, she can't be attacked physically. Maybe it's kind of a, not so much Kitty Pride, but Kitty Pride-esque. Oh, so Kitty Pride, but she's always on. Yeah. As far as a physical fight. Yeah, but also she wouldn't be able to go through a wall, per se, unless the wall had a hole in it or something. Okay. Which even if there were like a small enough hole, if she could make it through, she could do that. So in a fight, what does she do to be offensive? Is it one of those she can concentrate really hard to become physical? Yeah. Could she condense the mist into like little like a blade almost mm -hmm. so could she does she know spells or something she can have like hardened mist oh, that's true just be casting uh, she can like grab things out of the mist 
and make them corporeal. Oh. So she could turn other people in, in corporal. Nope, that's not the word. No. And also no. Yeah, okay. But like she could grab a sword out of the air or the mist and slice them with with it. Okay. But maybe that makes her corporeal too. So that's like a weak point. Yeah. Like while she's making something out of the mist, she is also able to be harmed. I think that that works. Like she could become solid. Yeah. But but perhaps she doesn't want to because she doesn't want to be harmed kind of deal. Right. She seems like a better candidate for like a control character on the battlefield. Yeah. So like maybe she freezes an area of the ground and people trip up on it. Or she does a big mist cloud and people can't see where they are. Yeah, I just don't want her to be like she can do spells and not be hit. Yeah. What if since a lot of those spells involve her body themselves, what if that weakens her or is that so like throwing down ice would actually like take some of her essence to do. Maybe she just becomes the mist in the battlefield. Like not it's misty here, it's I'm I'm dispersed a bit. Oh. Well maybe then on the battlefield she could communicate between people more. Oh maybe. So maybe it's less that she's actually a combative person more as a like intel and communication and she can kind of give them cover. And carry their whispers between one another oh, and yeah. silence them to the enemy. Like she is a a shroud and a communication network and Maybe she's sort of the heart of the team, like as far as she helps work out issues. And so whenever she disappears, that's an extra problem with bringing the team back together. So they have to work through not having her there. Yeah. So can she become corporeal? I still like the idea that she can't kind of can, but maybe that's still like that opens her up to being hurt. Maybe the closest she can come is like condensing into like a human type form. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of imagining her being like the top half of a lady and then just a cloud. And if she c- compresses herself down enough, she can like manipulate things, but not amazing. Maybe she can't. <laughs> yeah. And like, she has like kind of a physicalness to her once she's in a shape so you can kind of press like there's like but there's nothing actually stopping like the air pressure isn't even enough to stop you from going into her space now could specter touch her i mean maybe because then that could be interesting like her feeling like another person ghost person's touch it's just like a a moment i don't know because they're like different different ghost types basically because she's closer to oh there is a specific ghost type for her she's like a physical ghost and he's more like a spiritual ghost yeah which i guess brings us to him yeah him and hound is hound a domestic dog or like that dude from game of thrones is a dog i don't know if i said it before but my thought was kind of hawk girl hawk man Spectre is the ghost of someone that's died, and Hound is the reincarnated version of his partner. Oh, okay. And so every time the new vessel for his partner's spirit dies, either through just, you know, living or through, you know, getting killed, as in the case of this event, he 
kind of loses touch with the world and okay. he has to go around the world searching for whatever his partner has has reincarnated into which in the new version is a hawk okay and so when the dog dies he um kind of wanders around searching for his love once again oh and then reunites and then they spend their days together until till they die once again and he has to go looking again does hound ever talk or otherwise communicate like are they still as intelligent as they were i think the between them they are yeah like they can still converse like they're both once specter reconnects with whatever form they are that kind of brings brings them back and kind of bring them up to speed i don't think it allows the dog to do a scooby-doo kind of deal but i think it might be he can communicate with the dog and translate for it yeah and i don't know how old or how long this has been going but i imagine him as like a 19 1900s gentleman (laughs) oh (laughs) but i guess he could be whatever if we'd ever did a 1900s superhero team it'd be funny to have him but as a living person yeah uh, try to play with that idea so this is sort of a very prolonged episode of fridging no man you mentioned <laughs> fridging for captain havoc and lady luck and i just oh, went yeah. along with it i said it's reverse so it's okay but i want to clear it up it's not fridging because it's not their death isn't the motivation for the character yeah these characters yeah. have a long backstory and the death just happened it's like yeah. saying we fridged Hildy for uh, Barney. Yeah. If it was just Barney's story, I guess you could say that in some ways. But yeah, in Barney's story, he kind of stops. He doesn't... That's not the jumping off point for him to go do something else. Yeah. That's him kind of breaking down and not doing things for a long time moment. So I don't know. Just kind of for them, just general ghost powers and okay. dog powers and occasionally <laughs> they uh he can jump into the dog possession wise and their powers combine i don't know ghost dog it'd be a funny scene to have everyone running around doing something for a big spell and hounds like digging a pentagram in the ground or something <laughs> chewing on a bone of the skeleton that they have to have in the middle <laughs> they just keep chasing them off like no 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 get out get away from that yeah we've already talked quite a bit about john morris mirror master so we don't really need to dive into him here he's just younger yeah i was gonna say this is just like his late teens maybe maybe not when the series is ending yeah i don't know how young he joined in though maybe pretty young yeah i could see him being kind of a oh they have those characters sometimes that are a harry potter yeah (laughs) kind of dropped in to be the young character on the team yeah maybe there's like some like well i gotta go home because i got homework he's doing the peter parker where he's trying to hide that he's got a secret life yeah after school maybe he joins under like some illusion spell (laughs) like i am a man early on they think he's sort of um oh who's the character shazam like they think he's like a shazam guy not the transform part just a big normal human adult and at some point they see him as a kid or like go to his house and he's just a kid and they're like i thought 
Does he transform? <laughs> How does that work? Like they're just really confused. Yeah. What's his power set? Oh, it's just illusions. That jerk. <laughs> that would be cute. And then werewolf. Where's wolf? Which I think we briefly touched on. Did we want to go with their aware, basically reverse werewolf? I kind of like it. They're, I think that's good. They're in wolf form all the time and really smart. Yeah. And then they become a human on the full moon and basically lose all their intelligence. <laughs> so I don't know why, but I'm picturing werewolf as female. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's anything. I had Beast from X-Men in my head, so that's good to oh, yeah. swap me over. So yeah, do you want to like get into possibly what a few of their arcs might be? We've kind of hinted at a couple of their interactions between the different characters. Yeah. Well, so the one obvious arc that we have right now is the end of the old team. Yeah. And that might be something we want to do on its own episode, basically. Yeah. Kind of like the robot one. So I like that. That could be a fun one to dive into. So what other arcs? I mean, we got to come up with some magic villains. We just, we had some magic villains back at whatever the name of my episode was. We could use some of the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. I'm trying to think if any any of them fit in like really well. I'm imagining some of their stuff is basically kind of feels kind of Quake-esque. Yeah. In tone of a lot of their villains are kind of more magical based. What about, I didn't get into it in the story, the sins, but Belphegor's power is based around when they sleep. Oh, yeah. That would fit in real well with an arc with them. Because when she's awake, she's just like more normal human as far as power set. Yeah. But when she's asleep, she can astrally project and do different things. That fits in really well with this team. Yeah. So even like her and Miss Mist or her inspector could, I could see them getting into more stuff. Yeah. Uh, did we want to like go over their like base of operations? Ooh, that'd be good. That seems like an interesting place. I thought of that because I was envisioning an arc where some sleep bomb goes off in the in the headquarters, oh. and basically she tries to invade all of their dreams all at once. That's good. I think it's Belphegor can control or has really good dream control, but can also just be kind of have like ghost powers. So I was imagining their headquarters being. I keep thinking of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where it's kind of that fancy house that they meet at. Yeah. I think all magic teams meet in an old house. Yeah. Mm, can we, like, lean into the magical aspect of it? It seems kind of cliche now, but the way you get to it is weird. Yeah, I could see that. What if... What if... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what if it's like you go into some crummy, like, outlet mall, uh, antique mall place, and there's, like, a dollhouse... Or something similar to that. Like, it just looks like this crummy building. And you go inside, and there's just, like, this tiny little door that you open up. And then you're inside this giant mansion house. I was gonna lean hard into that. You said Miss Mist is almost like their communications network. Yeah. What if there's, like, this spot where Miss Mist leaves a part of her body, and it's just, like, a misty alleyway. And you walk into that, and if you know she like transports you oh to this place so they they basically losing miss mist they do lose access to their their hideout now is it a teleport through miss mist i 
Or is there? Because I was gonna say maybe there's still a real place that they can travel to. Maybe. Because I was also wondering how do they communicate with werewolf? Perhaps Miss Mist is in both places, like a piece of her. A little bit of mist that just hangs out in your ear. Can they carry like a vial of mist and throw it down at their feet? Oh, that'd be good. And then just disappear back to the mansion. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know. Like I am with you on. Is it a teleportation or? what it's almost like a separate tiny universe then yeah maybe it's like a house on a hill surrounded by mist yeah like there's this mist world oh what if she's corporeal in there there that's good what if werewolf was inside the house with miss mist oh no (laughs) and oh yeah because then she's just been stuck in there for like however many years yeah that's good so Miss Mist has a mist dimension where their headquarters is? Yeah. And and I guess when you need to get there, she appears to you to get you there. Appears or you have to go to her? I mean, I think she could set up something for you to find your way there if she needed you there. Yeah. And I guess you can try to contact her somehow or contact someone there and she can... I mean, maybe she set up a couple of places that are yeah. consistently open. I think there's that like a misty back alley or something yeah i do like the idea of like a mist vial that you throw at your feet oh yeah no that's really good i think that should be a big deal is that they spent so much time kind of overusing her that not having her is like just really blow it's just a big blow to the team yeah so the headquarters is mist mansion (laughs) mist manor mist manor but i mean maybe that could be an arc where Miss Mist is not gone or something, but... Out of commission. Yeah, something like that, so that there you can have that arc where not having all of that is felt. Like she gets yeah. captured or something, or... And then they've got all... that. That's where they find out about John Morris. They have to, like, go to everyone's house and <laughs> meet up in a van Ooh. to do a road trip. I like the concept of, like, Lady has no concept how cars work or something like that like she's just been using miss mist for so long or like i don't know or she's just like upset about having to travel that way yeah so undignified not just a mist file do we want to explore the what the belphegor oh like her art yeah yeah she replaces uh all the mist with uh sleeping gas and everyone at the manor is asleep (laughs) that's a that's a Silver Age arc, right? <laughs> yeah. Because then it's like, it's like a haunted, or maybe it's like a, a Halloween haunted house episode special. Oh, that's cool. Ghostly things are happening, but Spectre and Miss Mist are like, but there can't be anything ghostly happening in this this house. And the whole time it's Belphegor setting them up. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, okay. So in that case, it's it's a dream inside of an alternate dimension and house fight yeah so it's like two levels of inception yeah okay and then they have to go into her dream and they try to make her a a hero by incepting her oh that'd be really good (laughs) i think belphegor thinks deep down she really is the good guy of her story we have the cult of hecate yeah there's that which is like a cult that is trying to summon did i say like a elder god type thing i think think so so. like like they wanted a snack 
Oh, yeah. They were trying to destroy the world because their elder god wanted a snack. And the the earth is too big to eat all in one bite. So they have to destroy the earth first. I like that. So I'm sure they have run-ins with the cult of Hecate. But I imagine also other smaller magical things like fighting kind of magical creatures. Maybe fighting like fishmen from the deep. Yeah. Do you mean Martians? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they get into a fight with some Martians. <laughs> Maybe there's a cult of underwater Hecate that <laughs> these fishmen are trying to uh, to summon the underwater god, elder god. <laughs> oh, what if there's something with something with the Martians? Like the Martians have like a cult too. And yeah, I mean they've got bad guys too. Yeah, but their cult is like worshiping something from Mars and they have to go to Mars. Oh. To like fight some magical creatures there, some de- demonic stuff. So they have to get to Mars and they all have like magic space helmet suits. So maybe like temples of the red planet. Yeah. Obviously, one of their arcs has to be something with the Necronomicon. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a throwaway 90s arc, but no, John Morris, don't read that. (laughs) Like, what about some more character-specific arcs? We have, like, if uh, the kind of exploring what would happen if Miss Mist were gone, so they've got to, like, hoof it. Yeah. And rely more on not having this instant communication and stuff like that to rescue her. They have to get everybody together, but they don't have any money. So there's like a mini arc where Lady goes to a casino <laughs> and is playing like six craps tables at the same time. <laughs> or she's like on a balcony looking down at them and she keeps giving each of the other members really good luck so that they can go buy a used minivan. So you mentioned her not liking driving, but she's kind of a reuse of a character I had created for something else. Uh-oh. And part of her thing was... She loved driving, oh. and Captain Havoc, although he had a different name at the point, at that time, her boyfriend or husband or whatever they were together, he didn't like driving, but he would go on drives with her, like, sitting shotgun, while she just drived around, releasing frustration or whatever. But uh. also, maybe it fits with this new character of Lady Luck, because she's a lucky driver she can kind of drive as fast as she want to and not get in wreck oh that's she can true. drive dangerously and just kind of enjoys it she can drive like she's in uh gta 3 yeah. because she'll just land on her tires no matter yeah, what and people jump out of the way or whatever no i really like that now i'm gonna i'm gonna re- retake back what i said earlier mm-hmm. she's maybe really too much into driving yeah i think she likes the after being in Maybe a ma- a completely magical world, having something physical to hold on to and feel. Yeah. And maybe Captain Havoc is nervous every time he's <laughs> like riding a, with her when she drives. A really nervous backseat driver. Like, he can't even, like, oh my god, no, I can't even watch. <laughs> and then when they have a kid... <laughs> He's like, maybe she'll stop now, but she doesn't. But it's one of those, he's he's nervous, but the uh, little little baby Havoc is in the back just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> They've got, like, double good luck. Yeah. I really like the image of them being like, we've got to go drop off baby Havoc at daycare, but, like, there's bank robbers on the way, <laughs> 
And so they're fighting crime with Baby Havoc, like, in the back seat. Yeah. But she, I think she's less hands on. She she just has lived with this luck so long. Yeah. Like, she doesn't even consider yeah. it. And he, he knows the luck. He's, like, been with her long enough that he knows that she's lucky, but he still can't help but, like, constantly, like, checking on the baby. <laughs> like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Maybe we should give them names at some point. <laughs> Actual yeah. name. You named the the kid, I think, in one story. Yeah, I think I I edited out the name oh, because it you? was really confusing. But I named him. It's like Darier. <laughs> Darier. <laughs> Darier. That's a name for a bot. Oh no, that's Darier. It's an Irish name that meant something like good fortune or something like that. An old Irish name which fell out of use. For at an early period, remaining restricted essentially to legendary and ancestral figures. What about another standalone villain for them? Yeah. What about? The Smudge. They're just John Morris's opposite. <laughs> Gross. I mean, there's also, there's like the the regular evil magicians or whatever here and there. Um, what about a monster hunter that's going after werewolf? Ooh, maybe a Punisher-esque hero or villain? I mean, maybe it's a hero down. that thinks all monsters are bad. Yeah. Not hero, anti-hero type role, but is absolute in their judgments. That's a werewolf, so I've got to kill it. I'm trying to think of something like, I know Huntsman's already a character. I started to say Huntsman's Mark or Hunter's Mark or something like that, but that's the thing you hunt, not <laughs> the hunter. What about there was this Silbert Sidbert? I Sidus <laughs> Sidburl. Take it back. Looks so good. It just rolls off the tongue. Sidburl. I'm okay with the Sid part. You're okay with what? I'm okay with the Sid part. Sid Slaughter. <laughs> so definitely a '90s Iron Age hero, <laughs> or what yeah. is it? Is it what is anti-hero? Yeah, but what is that called? The the Bronze Age? That's not it. They defined. Iron Age on TV tropes as the Dark Age of comics and the Modern Age in one period. I think that's what I'm thinking of. I must be thinking of the Iron Age. It's like the 90s Rob Liefeld's uh, Spawn Punisher, yeah. that type stuff of it was what came after Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns and Daredevil Born Again. Like those dark ones that were good. They were like Dark is good. <laughs> no, you're missing what's good about the dark. It should be S-I-D for Sid Slaughter because of the the S-S. Well, and Spell Squadron but is already one. I like C-I-D, Sid. Yeah. Sid Slaughter. Oh, man. Oh. That's his, his protege. Kid Slaughter. But what if, what if, and stay with me here. He turns good. Oh. Kids laughter. (laughs) (laughs) He had a protege that his parents were murdered by monsters or whatever, and Sid Slaughter took him under his wing and became Kid Slaughter, and he was merciless for a while. And then he, at some point, uh turned his ways after realizing how destructive he was being by just uh indiscriminately killing monsters 
Yeah. So he or she uh, finds the better of their ways and becomes a clown for kids. I like it. Devotes her life to kids' laughter. Do they still come back every now and again to help make something yeah, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like the idea that every time they're brought up as kid slaughter, people are like, you do what? Like, oh, no, no, it's it's his, it's like a slaughter junior. It, it's just a title. You slaughter <laughs> kids? That's really evil. What about something like a Swamp Thing-esque character or a Solomon Grundy sort of? It may be a kid slaughter is one of those members that was on the team for a bit or something after they changed their ways. I could see that. But just maybe they never felt up to it yeah. again afterwards. And there's the occasional team up now. Like maybe they're super smart still about monster physiology. Yeah. So they call on them whenever there's something they can't figure yeah. out and i think maybe there's like a few more rooms for rotating cast members or something perhaps specter and hound wasn't always specter and hound there was another animal before that or something and they were gone for a bit while searching and maybe captain havoc and lady luck did take a little bit of a break after the kid was born not a big one but yeah. just a little bit of time to, like a mini you know focus on their kid for a bit maybe there's a comic issue that's just them adjusting to not being out yeah. while they're on maternity. I mean, maybe that is the the bank robbery one. Like, they're just taking their kid yeah. to school or whatever, and they can't resist the urge. And that's how you know they're back. <laughs> and maybe there's a Martian that can be on the team for a bit. Just a oh, yeah. Martian wizard or something. And their, their way of magic has got to be way different. That'd be cool. I want to dive into that at some point. I like this idea for another villain that's like a bard kind of character, but they're basically the Pied Piper, but they can do it with like whatever. Like they have super charismatic piping abilities, so they can turn the team against themselves. Mm. That's kind of cool. I don't yeah. know why I said that word like that. But maybe that. like, maybe they can't control like Miss Mist or something or... Yeah. I don't know. But I like the idea of them in the background kind of turning the team against themselves for an issue and then they're like oh, it's the piper instead of swamp thing it's the tiger lily and it's this giant hulking mass of tiger lilies but I like the idea of their entrance into the comic is just thousands and thousands of the petals <laughs> landing and then becoming a tiger yeah Wait, am i thinking of the right the right flower no i'm definitely not because tiger lilies are like actually pretty what are the the little yellow flowers that pop up everywhere? Like the weeds. Dandelion? Oh my god, a duo. <laughs> Tiger Lily and Dandelion. Oh, that's oh. good. Yep. So they're just, just flower-based evil wizards? I, yeah, they can be wizards, but they could also be like flower animals. I just think a tiger made out of these of tiger lilies. lilies. And a lion made out of those dandelions. That's pretty good. I don't know if they're... They might be bad. They might be good. Maybe they're, there's two aspects to these characters. There's like the the person form of them and the animal form of them. And I'm imagining the animal form of them as like magical nature creatures that are just majestic. And perhaps the person form of these is like this duo of people that like enslaves them 
and uses them for evil. What if there's like an evil fairy pirate or king or something who that feels can tr- who very that. far? What does that mean? Explain a little more. I was just I was gonna say fairy fairy king. I was like, no, that's that seems like a normal thing. <laughs> What's the next thing to a king? Obviously, pirate. Well, do you want to do some covers? <laughs> I feel like we went really long. Tiger Lily and Dandelion was. Where were we going with that? Oh, I was thinking maybe there's like this fairy that's a villain and he curses other people to have the powers of these tiger lilies and dandelions. And so they're just wild animals in the first issue that they show up. And then maybe later they can have more of the power to like have somewhat control over it or something. I don't know how. I feel like I'm bristling at the idea of fairies. What? Because I don't know. There's like some line that gets crossed once you go into fairy territory like there's all this magic world we have but once you get into fairies it's like fairies are there all the time yeah i guess i'm like associating fairies only with the uh dresden files type books oh and that feels like a whole thing there whereas it doesn't have to be it could be like a like as soon as you say fairy it makes me think of a whole fairy court and a fairy kingdom and everything that's that's why i said fairy pirate just to just to make him a wild it could just be one creature yeah he's just a lone gun i guess so what what is he what's he doing i mean maybe he's trying to steal something from the team maybe this is a diversion to keep them all thinking about that no i just meant like what's what's this tiger lily and dandelion then because i like them being like the Great Blue Tigers of Hello from the Magic Tavern. Oh, I haven't gotten that far. There's three Great Blue Tigers. But I don't know, like singular, wise, ancient creatures. Yeah. And he like enslaves them to do his bidding. Oh, I thought you were saying they're just guys, like people that become the, the essence of these characters. Oh, that's what I was saying before, the fairy dude. I was. Oh, yeah, I was saying the fairy dude just curses them to be wild magic animals. We can combine our two ideas. Okay. In that there are these ancient magical creatures and fairy dude enslaves them to do his bidding. Okay. I don't know how or why, but that's fine. Seems good. But I do like the image of like these petals whirling in on the wind and then congealing into uh, two big cat forms. <laughs> yeah. Want to do some covers? Do you have any good ones? had one idea where the fairy dude character is like laughing maniacally superimposed in the background of the plant animals like attacking a town Mm -hmm. Uh, like there could be one of just kind of mars with a (laughs) big claw around it or something the cover to that l ron hubbard book yeah scientology squadron this is just another side note from earlier but you remember that movie baby's day out yeah like that could just be havoc jr <laughs> just ridiculous situations with that it's a no words comic yeah of just it's just havoc jr or uh, it's just called wreaking havoc <laughs> we gotta steal that havoc baby i like the idea of a cover and it's spell squadron swimming underwater and there's like bad evil martians like shooting harpoons at them and they're like surprised oh that's cool John Morris standing in front of a mirror looking like an adult. Yeah. Just kind of him in the mirror. And you see... Like him, 
like hands on his hips, kind of cheese and grin. Or the other way. Yeah. Him standing there, and then you see in the cover, it's just, I'm just a kid. Life is a nightmare. Now, obviously, there's like a cover for the baby being yeah. born. Like a bunch of cultists around the thing doing a ritual. An elder god in space. This is um, the Mars one I did. The, the, the Mars with the big claw grabbing it. Is that not yeah. the same one? Oh, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> I mean, it could be more than one issue that they go to Mars, so there's multiple yeah. covers, so that's fine. What about some that are unrelated to the arcs we talked about? Do you got just like an image in your head? Of something like that uh, gave us that gave us heat <laughs> yeah i mean there is like a beautiful image of a bunch of petals just being the cover for something what if kid laughter kids laughter and the flower cats like move in together after they're <laughs> done being bad like the repentant trio <laughs> yeah magic janitor with magic mops okay so it's a sorcerer's apprentice the yeah movie. but as a villain and his henchmen <laughs> are mops okay it's like a comedy <laughs> episode and whenever he uses his giant jangly key set it changes what room he's entering so there's like a straight up scooby-doo hallway chase scene he's here to clean up the team take out the trash oh maybe there's something with asmo turning the key and uh, revealing the door to the mansion. Like, whoops. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, a cover where the team is on the ground looking up. And on top of, like, the Empire State Building is Beelzebub. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for that. Okay. For some reason, I, I keep imagining Minotaur fighting Wrath. Oh, yeah. No, that was intended. And we already used the labyrinth metaphor. But them in a labyrinth and the the magic the spell squadron trying to find them that'd be good something about like sid sid slaughter with the human version of werewolf and like the background is a calendar with the moon cycle and the full moon is circled and him just confused i meant to catch you as a werewolf like what is this (laughs) what if sid slaughter accidentally went on a date with werewolf yeah I don't know why werewolf would, but yeah, <laughs> sure. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of nervous around the full moon. It's usually a busy work night for me. Oh, where do you work? Uh, I kill monsters. Oh, well, oh. bye. This is awkward. <laughs> I just got a phone call. It was silent and not on vibrate. Oh, I guess the the human version doesn't really associate with werewolf. Oh, yeah. That's being true. entirely different intelligence level. So yeah, I guess I could see that happening. I think we got some really good some really good ground covered here. Yeah. It didn't cover as much arcs and history as the Quake one, I don't think, but I think we got a little bit more of each of these characters and we got a good basis for this team and some good stuff there. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel as in depth, but it's hard to do as in depth with this many people, you know? It's like we've been reading a block of these issues without like maybe it's so much the origins or the current, but we have like a really good survey of what they were like. Yeah. We just discovered the new spell squadron and we went to the comic book store and looked through all their large boxes of old comics and just grabbed a stack of spell squadron, a grab bag. I was going to say the, uh, 
the grab bags at half price yeah. books it's like well the front cover comic looks good and the back comic looks good let's hope the middle's good but instead you got fairy dude yeah he's not even a proper villain he's just a fairy dude but hey fairy dude is balanced out by tiger lily and dandelion our next episode is aegis focused we gotta cash in on that avengers movie hype that sweet sweet avengers synergy we gotta we gotta dig in there yeah so get them clicks. so while the the focus is aegis we actually also have a prompt so we can kind of focus our stories a bit and the prompt for next week's stories is infinity that part is just a coincidence it has nothing to do with the movie in the next prompt after that is war aegis infinity war okay you want to say your things where people can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Gwer, G-Y-W-A-I-R, or on itch.io, gwer.itch.io. Yeah, go play, what is it, Sketch Jumper? Sketch Jumper. I'm going to, okay. I'm working on, it's not going to be out immediately, but soon I'll have a visual novel up there too. Oh. That's my new project. Okay, and the art for the show, the little thumbnail, is done by Lisa Prather. You can find her stuff at lisapratherart.com or on Instagram by the same name, Lisa Prather Art. You can email us prompts, complaints, and other miscellaneous things in letter form at doubleissueshow at gmail.com. You can also email us at Twitter, we're doubleissueshow. Our website's doubleissue.show wordpress is doubleissueshow.wordpress.com and our facebook is facebook.com slash doubleissue and the episode's gonna end now so i can turn back on my air and it won't be in the background i've got windows open and i can feel the night breezes creeping in well i have windows running too but that's just my operating system Uh... the intro song was Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra. The song was used and shortened under its Creative Commons license, and you can find that song and more by that artist by following the link in the show notes. And Daniel will go ahead and hit us up with that sign-off. I was partially thinking about that baby from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. I mean, Big Bag Beetleborgs. Uh, I'm sure there's others.